Book Four, Chapter Three of Les Miserables, translated by Isabel F. Hapgood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Melissa. Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. Book Fourth. To confide is sometimes to deliver into a person's power. Chapter Three. The Lark. It is not all in all sufficient to be wicked in order to prosper. The cook-shop was in a bad way. Thanks to the traveller's fifty-seven francs, Thénardier had been able to avoid a protest and to honour his signature. On the following month they were again in need of money. The woman took Cosette's outfit to Paris and pawned it at the pawnbroker's for sixty francs. As soon as that sum was spent, the Thénardier grew accustomed to look on the little girl merely as a child whom they were caring for out of charity, and they treated her accordingly. As she had no longer any clothes, they dressed her in the cast-off petticoats and chemises of the Thénardier brats, that is to say, in rags. They fed her on what all the rest had left, a little better than the dog, a little worse than the cat. Moreover, the cat and dog were her habitual table companions. Cosette ate with them under the table from a wooden bowl similar to theirs. The mother, who had established herself, as we shall see later on, Montreux-sur-Mer, wrote, or more correctly caused to be written, a letter every month that she might have news of her child. The Thénardier replied invariably, Cosette is doing wonderfully well. At the expiration of the first six months, the mother sent seven francs for the seventh month, and continued her remittances with tolerable regularity from month to month. The year was not completed when Thénardier said, A fine favor she is doing us in sooth. What does she expect us to do with her seven francs? and he wrote to demand twelve francs. The mother, whom they had persuaded into the belief that her child was happy and was coming on well, submitted and forwarded the twelve francs. Certain natures cannot love on the one hand without hating on the other. Mother Thénardier loved her two daughters passionately, which caused her to hate the stranger. It is sad to think that the love of a mother can possess villainous aspects. Little as was the space occupied by Cosette, it seemed to her as though it were taken from her own, and that that little child diminished the air which her daughters breathed. This woman, like many women of her sort, had a load of caresses and a burden of blows and injuries to dispense each day. If she had not had Cosette, it is certain that her daughters, idolized as they were, would have received the whole of it. But the stranger did them the service to divert the blows to herself. Her daughters received nothing but caresses. Cosette could not make a motion which would not draw down upon her head a heavy shower of violent blows, an unmerited chastisement. The sweet, feeble being, who should not have understood anything of this world or of God, incessantly punished, scolded, ill-used, beaten, and seeing beside her two little creatures like herself who lived in a ray of dawn. Madame Thénardier was vicious with Cosette. A pianine and Azelma were vicious. Children at that age are only copies of their mother. The size is smaller, that is all. A year passed, then another. People in the village said, Those Thénardier are good people. They are not rich, and yet they are bringing up a poor child who was abandoned on their hands. They thought that Cosette's mother had forgotten her. In the meanwhile, Thénardier, having learned, it was impossible to say by what obscure means, that the child was probably a bastard, and that the mother could not acknowledge it, exacted fifteen francs a month, saying that the creature was growing and eating, and threatened to send her away. Let her not bother me, he exclaimed or I'll fire her brat right into the middle of her secrets. 
I must have an increase. The mother paid the fifteen francs. From year to year the child grew, and so did her wretchedness. As long as Cosette was little, she was the scapegoat of the two other children. As soon as she began to develop a little, that is to say, before she was even five years old, she became the servant of the household. Five years old, the reader will say, that is not probable. Alas, it is true. Social suffering begins at all ages. Have we not recently seen the trial of a man named Domelar, an orphan turned bandit, who at the age of five, as the official documents state, being alone in the world, worked for his living and stole? Cosette was made to run on errands, to sweep the rooms, the courtyard, the street, to wash the dishes, to even carry burdens. The Thénardiers considered themselves all the more authorized to behave in this manner, since the mother, who was still at Montreux-sur-Mer, had become irregular in her payments. Some months she was in arrears. If this mother had returned to Montfermeil at the end of these three years, she would not have recognized her child. Cosette, so pretty and rosy on her arrival in that house, was now thin and pale. She had an indescribably uneasy look. The sly creature, said the Thénardier. Injustice had made her peevish, and misery had made her ugly. Nothing remained to her except her beautiful eyes, which inspired pain, because large as they were, it seemed as though one beheld in them a still larger amount of sadness. It was a heart-breaking thing to see this poor child, not yet six years old, shivering in the winter in her old rags of linen, full of holes, sweeping the street before daylight, with an enormous broom in her tiny red hands and a tear in her great eyes. She was called the lark in the neighborhood. The populace, who are fond of these figures of speech, had taken a fancy to bestow this name on this trembling, frightened, and shivering little creature, no bigger than a bird, who was awake every morning before any one else in the house or the village, and was always in the street or the fields before daybreak. Only the little lark never sang. End of Book Four, Chapter Three Recording by Melissa